Minds in the game, hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 35 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name's Adam Camilleri, as you all may or may not know. Uh, and we are here to discuss the brand new hotness, the Drakari Codex, the possibly maligned, much trepidation, and the thunderous arrival of Drukari back on the scene as heralded in this pretty freaking magnificent codex. I am joined by the illustrious and the incomparable Skari of Skarcast. Hello, my good man. How are you? Ah, the dark kin. Our time has finally arrived, you humans. He ain't kidding. <laughs> he ain't kidding <laughs> no, at no. all, folks. Uh, <laughs> I honestly feel... Like for the last four years, I've been playing. I've been, I've been training with like you know anime like weighted, weighted like weighted wrist yeah. like you know wrist bracelets and like ankle holders and weighted like clothing. And I'm just getting the shit beat out of myself. And then, pardon, I didn't mean to say the s word so early in the podcast. But um, <laughs> and then now I get to like take all that off, and I'm like three times faster. And like, oh man, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, you, you're getting to final form. Um, this is this is a crazy good book, guys. Uh, for those of you who don't know, sorry, uh, Art of War Down Under is a two-part podcast. Uh, part one going out for general consumption at th- on Thursday mornings at 7 o'clock Central Time. And the second half of this podcast, which uh, today will be Skari and myself answering a slew of listener questions about the Drakari Codex, how to make it work, how to get the best out of it, the things we like, the things we don't like. And that's all going to be over on our Patreon site, uh, the Art of War 40K, sorry, Art of War Down Under 40K, which you'll find on Patreon quite easily, or the Art of War 40k.com where you can purchase this podcast lovingly created by me and the podcast created by jo- the lovely John Damaris and Nick Nanavati were for a lump sum for the purchase of both and you can get both those parts over on that website. We are in the works right now to get an RSS feed up and going for public distribution of our podcast. Hopefully one RSS feed for both podcasts. So you can just tune straight in to the Art of War goodness and get us streamed straight into your brain nodes. Um, apart from that, though, we're, we're in the, the biz of getting us up and going on all the aggregators and everywhere else. Because uh, as you may or may not know, we have stepped away from the Frontline Gaming Network. Um, our relationship, as amazing as it was, has come to an end there. Uh, and I do want to thank them once again for the incredible start they're able to give myself personally in my endeavors in content creation uh but skyry tell us a little bit about you where can people tune in and, and find more reviews should they uh enjoy it? should they come to the end of this episode and be like Mm-mm, i like the cut of that jib find me in the depths of the webway up atop the highest spire in the dark city uh that would be the easiest way to find me adam yeah, uh, no, but in yeah, human definitely. terms that means find me on youtube uh, <laughs> facebook twitter instagram and of course, yes, on Patreon. But I am one of the coaches for the Art of War as well. So if anybody wants to learn some Dark Eldar, I guess uh, having a Dark Eldar expert at your side might be a great way to lower the learning curve there. So I feel yeah, like reach out. I feel like you are going to be a busy man. <laughs> Scary. Already, it's been four days uh, since the not even the release, the pre-release, and uh, I have uh, slept a total of like four hours. 
and those combat drugs are kicking in. Uh, all right, but we are here to review this codex in loving uh, Art of War Den under fashion. We're pretty much going cover to cover, uh, for the rules at least. We're not doing the Crusade stuff. We're starting with the main <gasps> play rules. How I know, dare you? I know, I know. How Come on. dare you? I'm leaving don't worry. That. I am uh, playing a whole Crusade with the mini Wargaming guys, so you can always check out all the cool Crusade rules. I will say, though, they're really fun. Yes, I, I have no doubt they are amazingly, amazingly good time. But man, I'm I'm doing a good deed here. I'm leaving the Crusade rules for somebody else to review. You like, know what? You have you know, to leave some content for yeah. other people to do. You can't just like hog the content, okay, Adam? Yeah, I'm being magnanimous here. At least that's how I'm choosing to <laughs> position position myself. But anyway, for those following along at home, we're going to be starting this review from page 49. If you please, do, if you want to follow on at home. Uh, and to jump in, I, I don't think we need to tell you what our hot take is or our impressions so far because I think we're both freaking stoked. I, I approached this codex with a lot of trepidation. I thought GDUP had demonstrated a, uh, they, they could do internal and external, well, maybe not external balance. They could do a very good internally balanced durable or um, uh, re- resilient-based army. We saw that in a lot of the marine builds, uh, Death Guard, Necrons, Dark Angels, Really, really well done, really well internally balanced. Externally, Dark Angels is a bit over the top, but everything else is really nice. I was really worried about this one. I was worried that they they wouldn't they they wouldn't so they would jump the shark with trying to do a speedy, deadly army and it wouldn't sit quite right. I have zero of those fears now. Oh, agreed. Um then again, one of the things that I had to stop myself from doing personally, being so invested in the faction, was mm. wish listing and kind of hoping for yeah. this and hoping for that. So to be honest, you know, in pretty much all my social media, even in, on like the Patreon, I was very low key on giving all my ide- like giving my opinion on leaks or rumors, and, and I kept it low key. I did I didn't want to mess it up for myself, if that mm. made sense. But as soon as I opened that book and read through it, I was like, "Yep, they they did us they did us right. This is yeah." And we'll talk about it on the podcast, you know, especially when we go to the second part where we'll really talk about like impressions and really go a little bit more in depth. However, um, there's some really like they, they kept it very similar in playstyle. However, they've added the like killing potential, even though I feel like we're almost, if not just as fragile as we were before. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, it, it- I, I, well, I, in some ways, I think you're you're more fragile. In some ways, you're less fragile. Like, it's like the it's like the, the the overwhelmingly durable ports of covens got brought down a little bit, and that kind of power was distributed across the line. But at the end of the day, you're still mostly tough. A toughness five or toughness six at best, or toughness three with usually four plus or five plus saves. I'll say this, and I'll say I've said this before, and I will say it again: the durability of the Dark Elder is just enough to change the math on things. And it's mm. just enough to make it annoying. Because that five up invulnerable save or that six up invulnerable save, you know, for example, that minus one to hit here or that extra yeah. wound or yeah. the, just little bits here and there. If you spike a save or, you know, something happens or you like lower the amount of hits somebody gets you, it changes the math enough and it can really throw some more elite armies for a spin when they're like mm. expecting to kill your raider with yes. you know, four multi melta retributors and then all of a sudden you know they they miss with half and then they only wound with like two of them and then you make one save and then they have to burn their cherubs mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's like you they had to invest 
way more than they thought to kill a raider, right? Like, you know, there's just enough to be annoying. Mm. They're very good at playing the margins, um, yeah. the margins between, <laughs> yeah, living and dying. And it's pretty, it's pretty in keeping for Drakari. They, they literally left Komara to come to whatever battlefield you're on, literally to mess with you for fun. So, like, yeah. This is for their enjoyment. <laughs> if you're on any battlefield with Drakari, they're there because they want to be. Um, but starting the review, so page 49, guys, I wanted to hit this straight over to you to encapsulate this page. This is the detachment abilities. This has uh, the raiding forces, the real space raiders. This has weakling kin on it as well. Feel free to, to speak to all these points at once if you'd like, Skari. Absolutely. So basically, this refers to any Drukari detachment, which is any detachment with only models that have the Drukari keyword, except for ones that have the unaligned keyword. Mm -hmm. um, they, When you make a Battleforge detachment, you must designate that detachment as a Witch Cult detachment, a Hemonculus Coven detachment, or a Real Space Raider detachment. So Cabal, Witch Cult, Coven, or Real Space Raid. However, the smallest Real Space Raid you can have is a Battalion. Mm -hmm. So you're either going to have a Battalion or a Brigade as a real space raid. Ha <laughs> ha! See, that rhymes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, scary. <laughs> now, tro troops, troops in a Drukari detachment uh, do gain the objective secured ability. Um, now, raiding forces, the rule, uh, if each detachment in your army, so in a strike force, there's 2,000 points, you have three detachments. You can have one, two, or three. If they're all patrols, or any and or all of them are patrols, the cost of them goes to zero, which means that you can do pretty much what we were doing before, which is take a triple patrol. But you can now take a single patrol if you want, or a double patrol. And what it does is it gives you two extra command points to play with at the start of the game. Because the Warlord bonus for a patrol is your warlord just gives you two additional command points but because the detachment is zero now it just adds two command points you can start a 2000 point game with 14 command points if you do multiple patrols yeah so there was a lot of confusion about this because uh, i think the first time this came out was with um dark uh, sorry dark angels uh, it changed the the vanguard cost to plus three instead of minus three for the cost of a vanguard and people were scratching their heads like uh if i have just one vanguard do i start with 15 cp or do i start with 12 and so is this is this are you saying that that's that's similar across the board now so that's pretty much the same as before it just means that if you just want to play with two patrols you can you're mm. not it's not like you have to take three patrols to get a bonus that's good yeah yeah so you can mix and match a little bit more freely if that makes sense so you can have like cabal witch cults covens double cabal double witch cult double coven or mm. triple or you can mix and match how you wish so it's a very flexible i find that it works ex exceptionally well in smaller point value games yep like in a thousand points or 500 point games or you're playing with either one combat patrol because you literally get one patrol which is zero so you get plus two command points to start which in small games can be incredibly powerful um and then mid board mid games too where you're running just multiple patrols anyway Mm. Now, um, we. Sorry? Yeah, Weakling Kin. <laughs> I love the naming of this because this speaks to them, them adding the thematic element in here. Um, and so, this is them closing the door on detachment souping. So, souping within a detachment, yeah? Correct. You cannot include uh, 
you cannot include Drukari and non-Drukari Eldari in the same detachments unless every single unit has the Inari keyword, aka you like you can't just mix and match or soup like Inari with a Drukari detachment unless you are physically making a Drukari uh, Inari detachment. Yeah. yeah, I think this is good. It's just closing the door on some of the the more erroneous things we could have done in Eighth Edition, and I'll, I do like that progression. Yeah, it's good. You know, it makes sense that Dark Eldar wouldn't care if, like, you know, they have their own agendas. They don't want to yeah. be playing around with people. And last but not least, the most complicated part of this whole process mm-hmm. is the real space raid. Now, throughout this entire book, right, there are a lot of options, but a lot of options that have very key elements that you sort of have to fulfill specific, you know, like prerequisites to get specific bonuses so even though it seems like you might be able to do everything at first glance there's very specific requisites that you're going to need to do in order to gain certain bonuses so it's like and then that would require you sometimes to give up something to get something which i think is a very interesting dynamic with the detachment abilities so for example with the real space raid you have to have an archon that has to be your warlord yep then you have a succubus and a homunculus. You need at least one unit of Cablite Warriors, one unit of Witches, one unit of Racks, right? And all of the units in that detachment gain a the Drakari obsession, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can't mix and match, right? Says you can't like go, I want to have three different witch cults or whatever. Like there's yeah. specifically the one witch cult, one coven, one cabal. But uh, it means that you, they can all be in the same detachment and they all get their respective bonuses for their obsession, which I, I think s- is really useful. When I saw this, I was like, that's a formation. That's a 7th edition formation. It is, yeah. yeah. It's it legit. Is. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's basically amalgamating three patrols into a battalion, mm. right? So you literally grab your three patrols, just put them in a battalion. And, and it just lets you sort of pick and choose the best units for heavy support and the best yeah. units for elites and the best units for fast attack you know from whichever sort of branch of the dark eldar that you want to use right if you like talos as a heavy mm-hmm. then you can take talos if you like ravages you can take ravages if you like beast packs for the, your fast attack or or you know you, you can take that you know what i mean it just mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more flexibility with like your list building however you have to take these six things yeah in order for it to work and uh lastly they get um raid mastermind so when a friendly real space raiders core unit is in six of this model um and this this is your wall i guess it's ability sorry um they so get the rolls of one so the archon's aura affects everybody across not just combined units goes across all all bands and covens all and real space so they gain the real space rate a keyword Right. Um, so everything in the army gets the real space rate of keyword, and then the reroll ones to hit from the archon affects Cabalite core. It affects Incubi because that you know it affects that. It affects witches, right? So now you all your witches yep. are getting reroll ones to hit by the archon. It affects racks, grotesques, Talos, Chronos. Mm. Like it affects a lo- and um, and then of course it affects. Um, uh, the uh, the scourge as well. So yeah. all of a sudden, you're like your whole army, as long as they're close to the archon, are like buffed. Like mm-hmm. incre- like it just changed, mm-hmm. improves. It improves it, and you, you can't say no to that. That's fantastic. 
Oh, it's amazing. Uh, I think it's really, really, really good. And I love that they've added that. So that's the thematic element. That's in like, you know, you have to take a, e.g. if it was a Necron book, you have to take your Overlord as your wallet if you can include a Lord or then steps down like that. This is a thematic way to build um, Drakari, which I think is a very interesting and very intriguing way. And it's the way that we've seen that has the most depth so far. Of all the codexes that have come out, this is the deepest way to thematically build your Drakari army. And it doesn't cost you much strength, much linear power. It doesn't cost you much power at all. In fact, it, it adds a lot of spice. But uh, Moving on to the Laws of Comora. So this now we're getting to the bits where this is the the build your own teddy bear. This is the the upgrade your your thing, e.g. Deathwing or um, you know upgrading your captain to a chapter master kind of stuff. This is the upgrades you can buy on your characters. And so each you can upgrade a homunculus, an archon, and a, a succubus, right? Yeah. So the way it works is um, you have. So it's very, it, so if your army includes any Drakari attachment, so you can do this if you soup as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, then when you make your army, you can upgrade one of the following characters in each detachment to be sort of like a master, right? Yeah. So an Archon, a Succubus, or Homunculus. Now, if the detachment is a real space raid, you can upgrade one Archon, one Succubus, and one yep. Homunculus unit from that detachment. Now, some people read this to be to to mean you know, up to th- up to three, like one, two, three. I read this as you have to do each, like all three. Yep. <laughs> but it's just say can upgrade, you know, but it's the same wording as the old Alliance of Agony. And in some places they FAQ'd it to be like, you you have to do it on everyone. So, yeah, eh, you know, I, I guess that's up for interpretation at the moment, hoping for an FAQ soon. Um, what do you think? Um. I don't actually know yet. I've I've got a feeling that it is zero to three though. Um, yeah, I've got a feeling it is. It might be zero to three, but yeah, you never know what their intent is. It could just be a, a quirk. Um, you can upgrade one archon, one succubus, and one homunculus. Uh, okay, right? Yes, yeah, it's not right? saying it's not you saying see? and or. Yeah, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. Right? It doesn't mm. say you can upgrade one or one or one. Yeah. It's, no, it's you. You. It's. And you can upgrade one Archon, one Succubus, and one Homunculus. So I'm yeah. for it, like, that's, I, anyway. Mm. Uh, that's, but at the same time, it, these rules are really, really cool. And it's they really add cool. a whole other element and to just making your characters killier, more survivable, mm-hmm. and sort of like a more, more of a centerpiece to your strategy. Well, yeah, I they become is, a, they become a linchpin. Uh, correct. Right, right now, no, right, so I, I, I play quite a few, quite, well-versed and quite strong Dark Eldar players, and none of them give any craps about losing their characters most of the time. Unless they're while we stand, we fight like they're a Urian or something. They couldn't give any craps. They're all disposable. Um, that's because none of them do something that's absolutely integral to the army, but as soon as you add some of these upgrades, all of a sudden, I think they do. Uh, the first one is Splinter Genius. This one is for the Archon, and it's, for, it's a 15-point upgrade. And I'll run you through everything you get for this package, and then we'll discuss it. Um, so once per battle, this you just get this for upgrading it. And so it also has a, a wall of trait and a relic that you, you're able to, to purchase as well. Uh, once per battle, then to the fight phase, if this model is in the engagement range of any enemy units, it can fight again. So you get a free fight again. Usually you'd be paying two or three CP for this. It's 15 points in this case. And I know through a lot of uh, channels, um, people have said they would happily pay 35 to 50 points for a CP. Um, that, that's the kind of points to, to CP equivalent. That some books get this is 15 points for fight again and on top of that it opens up uh this relic 
It's called the Soul Helm. Um, each, the bearer has the following abilities. Each time an attack is made, that targets the bearer, minus one to hit. So that's shooting and melee. And then in addition to that, it has a five plus feel no pain, uh, which is pretty, that's actually better than you think it is because a lot of the time you're leveraging really, that, that two really plus. Good. Yeah, a lot of the time you're leveraging that two plus shadow field. And as soon as that thing pops, and I'll tell you, like sometimes I will just run up some guardsmen in first rank, second ranking Archon just to make him roll the one. And then bang, he comes the demolisher cannon. Um, having that five plus feel no pain on top of that, it makes a huge difference for his survivability. And then lastly, the wall of trait is consummate weapon smith. Uh, weapon master apologies add one to all the damage of all melee weapons this wallet is equipped with which is real nice real nice guys you pay 15 points just for the plus one damage um so yeah how do you think how do you feel about that package scary how good do you think it is and how often do you think people will use it um i really like the soul helm after playing uh, a couple of games i think the soul helm is a big deal big thing to remember though soul helm really increases the survivability of the Archon because mm. you don't need to use the Shadow Field if you don't want to. So you can always just take an armor save. Yes. So being able to take now a 4 plus armor save, better on an Archon, right? Maybe a 3 plus save in cover, maybe a 2 plus save if he's striking from the shadows against small arms fire. Mm-hmm. And then not only being able to just do that, but also shrug wounds and mortal wounds, for example, like if he's taking a gin blade or something like that, or, or you know, not a gin blade, sorry, but like mortal wounds from psychic powers or whatnot. All of a sudden, you have an Archon that can survive a lot longer before he even has to start using a shadow field, yeah. um, which makes him stick around a lot. And then minus one to hit, like, you know, there's that's the best minus one to hit you can have. It is. Because you know, it, it doesn't stack anymore, really. So it's like, it's amazing. And it's for shooting and combat. Mm-hmm. So I personally like this relic. Um, and then, of course, the Warlord trait, Weapon Master, plus one damage to all melee weapons that are not relics. You know, that can be cool if you want to upgrade his just Jin Blade. I mean, mm-hmm. his uh, Husk, Husk Blade to like yeah. a, basically a Jin Blade that's just not as strong, right? Mm-hmm. So if you really wanted to. But then you could give him, uh, you know, I personally prefer you know, re-roll hits and wounds, you know what I mean? With his... Uh, yes. Uh, with Hatred Eternal, if you're gonna do that. Um, however, you could make, like, a Venom Blade to damage, you know, if you mm. really wanted to. I'm a big fan... Uh, like you said, I'm a big fan of the, the Soul Helm. I think that's a very good relic. The uh, the Waller Trait, not not sure how I feel about it. I feel like you can leave that at home. There's some better Force Multiplier Waller Traits we'll probably get to either today or next week. Um, but yeah, you want to you tell us about the next one, the Witcher, Witch Cult Spectacle. The Witch Cult Spectacle, uh, the Master Succubus, basically would gain the Show Stealer rule, which means every time the model consolidates, she can go six inches in any direction. Yeah, so not towards the closest. <laughs> and we've, we've seen the power of this in, it's in strong so hands. good. Yeah. So this is... Yeah, this this is Gods. essentially you. You run up to him. You advance and charge. Maybe if you're in the right, you know, uh, power from pain power turn, from pain, yep. as we'll get to. You charge in. You slaughter some dudes. There's some guys left. Consolidate away from them. They don't get to attack. It's they don't get to attack you. Crazy. Um, in a protracted combat, you fight first, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know you get to pick her in a protracted combat, and then you just consolidate away, saving you the command points to mm-hmm. have to like you know fall back and charge and whatnot yep. like that rule is out of all three if you just needed to pick one and that's you want to play then. competitively that's the one that you're picking yeah because it's so incredible much and mm. i love the fact that you can combo it really nicely with for example um 
like the the no retreat rule, which we'll get to eventually, where she can tie stuff up in combat. But being able to charge, pile in three inches, and then consolidate nine inches, and all of a sudden, oh sorry, six inches. Six inches so yeah. it's essentially charge plus a nine inch move, and that last six into any direction to get into like a rhino or something mm-hmm. and stop the rhino from falling back because yes it works against vehicles now yep. um <laughs> you know and things like that can all of a sudden just make her really annoying to deal with she's like bouncing mm-hmm. around from like unit to unit your opponent will just be so frustrated pulling their hair out being like i just want to kill her <laughs> yes and you, you think oh cool she's just going to be a frustration piece surely she's not going to be that killy oh, i've got a, i've got some stories to tell all right continue <laughs> continue with the rest of it so relic uh, warlord traits so they she can take a or the the succubus can take the dancer's edge it's an archite glaive replacement which is plus two strength minus four ep two damage and an unmodified wound roll of a six uh, ignores invulnerable saves. So that could be kind of cool, especially since they did go up in a lot of attacks. You know, they have six base attacks now. That makes her strength five base, potentially strength six with combat drugs, minus four and two damage. Yeah, and on the off chance that you roll those sixes, you know, it's good against stuff with mm-hmm. storm shields, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, very, it's extremely good against storm shields. So you take a, you would take a, what? Storm Shield Terminator to a five plus with minus four from a one plus, yeah. Oh, oh, so yeah on, on, like on, on, on a six, um, mm-hmm. ignoring the involved. Yeah, not, not bad. Not, not yeah, setting not me on terrible. fire. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Cr- it's like there. Are, the thing is, it's funny because a lot of armies would be like, "Cool, like that's an ignore involve weapon," you know. But it's funny that we're looking at this and going, "Meh," because there's so many yes. better options, which are crazy. And then we've got Whirling Death, the Warlord trait. Essentially, it's like an anti horde thing where you can just get plus one attack for every model so you get three plus one attack for every model that's within two inches so as long as there are at least three models within two inches you get just as many attacks as she has on her profile as soon as you go into something that has you know five or six models she's getting more attacks than she would normally Mm -hmm. um i guess that that's okay that's that's fine um it's just you you literally have to put her in the middle of like a giant army yeah. Um, I don't know. It's there's, a, it's cool, but it's overshadowed by a lot of the other warlord traits. Mm, agreed. And I same same with the relic. But man, the fifteen points for just for the the show stealer effect, worth it. I think every single time. If you can only buy <laughs> one master, buy a master succubus. I agree. Um, last one is for the homunculus. This is the twenty point upgrade. Uh, alchemical maestro i love this uh once per battle when this model is destroyed you can choose to roll a d6 instead of using any other things that are triggered upon his his or her death on a two plus set this model back up on the battlefield as close as possible to where they were destroyed and not with the engaged range of any enemy models with d3 runes remaining so turns it into a baby is that a uh, baby celestine uh, it's a 20-point upgrade for this one, so this is the, the more expensive one. I actually think the, the Witch Cult should be the more expensive one, but here we are. Um, four Relics and Warlord Traits. Um, it gets the Poisoner's Ampule. Ampule? Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, once for battle, uh, at the end of your movement phase, the Bearer can use this Relic. If it does so, select one enemy unit within nine inches of the Bearer, uh, then three dot points uh, occur. On a 2+, plus, they suffer D3 Mortal Wounds, also on a D6 roll of a 2+. Plus. Until the start of your next turn, any or abilities that unit has have no effect, and they cannot be affected by any other unit's wall, um, or abilities. I don't... I like this a lot, 
but there are some pretty significant restrictions we'll talk about in a moment. And here's the uh, Waller trait, which is Twisted Animator. In your command phase, you can select one friendly homunculus rack unit within three of this Warlord. D3 destroyed models can be added back to this unit. It can be in placed in engagement range of a unit that was the unit was already engagement range of when they came back. I really like that Waller trait for specific builds. The Relic looks really, really, really attractive on paper. I'm just not sure how key it's going to be, how how many times you're going to get a, a really good use out of it. Yeah, Twisted Animator is not bad. Like in certain builds, you can just keep him back. You know, have mm. a big unit of 20 racks, right? Sitting yep. on an objective. Two objectives. Your opponent shoots, or two or three, right? Your opponent shoots at them, you bring D3 back. Your opponent shoots yep. them. You, you know, like it just makes them more annoying. However, when you're spending 100 points on a character, you don't always want him to just sit at the back True. and babysit a unit of racks, especially when he can come back to life. You kind of want to put him in harm's way mm-hmm. and like get him to die at some point to come back to life. So you're just like, you're, you're throwing him out there. Now, talking about homunculus though, like there's some really cool homunculus stuff and we'll talk about the Booga Booga homunculus, right? Which is probably my favorite <laughs> everyone thing write ever. That, everyone write that term down now. We're making that into a thing. When people, like, thing. When people list their, their armies, I want to see armies in BCP and it's not called homunculus, it's called Booga Booga homunculus. That's um, right. Booga Booga homunculus or the Boo homunculus. He walks up to people and goes, boo. And I will say that the uh, Poisoner's Ampule is part of that build if you want to do yeah. like the full-blown build where it's like you have no obsec, you can't do auras. Like you you don't have auras. I did mortal wounds to you. You can't benefit from auras mm-hmm. and uh, you lose obsec and you can't do actions and you fail on any actions that you were doing. That's the true Booga Booga Homunculus, which I'm like, I cannot wait to do that to like a Necron warrior unit yeah. and just go no upsec for you and then just walk with like five little cabalite warriors onto them and just Mine. flip everybody <laughs> the bird be like yeah this is my objective <laughs> yeah i love it i mean so the, the only thing that holds back the the the, the relic here is the nine inch restriction the guy has to be in harm's way in order to use it which i was yeah. thinking like it's a you probably he you comes probably... back to life though so Ex- he's got, you know you use it it's once per game he mm. can advance and then he can charge after two because it's like probably turn two and up and he can charge after advancing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he's not like, he's getting in there, but he's going to get stuck in like he should. Yeah. Well, I th- uh, speaking about all three of these um, as one, I think they're all like really, really good. Uh, I actually think the, the, the Archon one is the weakest because all it does is just make him kill you. When he's, yeah, he's it, the best. He's the- twice, once per game. Does it, you know, okay, that's, that's fancy and it will make him kill some stuff. However, you know, out of all, out of all of them, it's the least like, well, it's and, the most straightforward, yeah, and it's the least impressive. Well, and that's because he's the one that's the best at, at force multiplication. If you're going to have any of them, especially if you're in a real raid detachment, he's giving real ones to everything. Uh, you yeah. must be doubling down with that with um, some other stuff to enhance his force multiplication. You're far less likely to get mileage out of the fight twice if you're going to be wanting to to not risk this dude. Whereas the other two. Well, the homunculus one, you'd usually be like, okay, I need to stick him back. He's going to be just hanging out, giving plus toughness to grotesques and talus and racks and stuff. Whereas he's got a, a threefold buff to wanting to get stuck in. It wants you by purchasing this, you're wanting to change his role and make him do stuff that he, he doesn't want to do already. And the, the, I, but I do think, like you said before, the auto take here of, of the three, if there was one, is the succubus upgrade. Holy god, that is so much fun in that package. Yes, a hundred percent. Like it's just a, it's a bundle of joy. 
Okay, that's what we can call it. A a bundle of joy that will make your opponents love you very much and play you every week. She is she <laughs> feels like she feels like a solitaire with that kind of jank, you know? She can yeah. sling, she can mess mess you up, she can run away, she can yeah, all sorts of stuff. I love it a lot. Um jumping down to favored uh retinues. Uh, now this is a pretty cool addition. This is literally giving back some of the the spicier units we used to have, things like the Trueborn and the Blood Brides that people really genuinely missed. Like um, oh, I spoke about it on another podcast. You're telling me. I've got a mate who went out of his way and bought a like a hellacious amount of very expensive fine cast incubi in order to put all their heads onto some cabalites to make some Trueborn. And he's hasn't been able to use them. He hasn't been able to use them in like three years. And so now he gets to crack them back out again. And I'm really happy. <laughs> really happy for the guy. Uh, you want to tell us? You want to tell us your thoughts on this, and then talk about Trueborn for us as well. Yeah. So I, I, re- I have, of course, as a, as a, you know, an OG Dark Eldar player, I definitely have a whole bunch of Trueborn converted with the Reaver jet bike heads, like just the the Witch Reaver jet bike heads at the the visors, and mm-hmm. those are my Trueborn. Like many of yep. us out there, that designated Trueborn, and yes, they've been sitting, you know interspersed amongst all the regular Cabalite warriors, like the low lives that they are. Um, <laughs> so now it'll be nice to finally get them back on the table. But of mm. course, for each master in the detachment, you can upgrade one unit to be one of these cool things. And the Trueborn is probably one of my favorite. So even though the Master Archon is like one of the worst, the tra- the Cabalite Trueborn are one of the best yes, of the sure. three that you can take. Which means that you're probably going to want to take a Master Archon just to upgrade some Trueborn, right? Um, you can only have the unit is capped at ten strong, so you can have you know up to ten in a Cavalite squad mm-hmm. in te- instead of twenty. They cost two more points per model, so they're going to cost ten points per model. However, they their ballistic skill becomes two plus, and they get plus one leadership, so they're hitting on twos. But the kicker is, whenever they shoot, they ignore any and all hit and ballistic skill roll modifiers. Now, this is important because if there's a Kalexis assassin nearby and there's Trueborn on the table, they're going to murder that Kalexis assassin. They will assassin. slaughter that dude. <laughs> what's, yeah. the, what's the loadout? So it's a 10-man, so you can't take multiple heavy weapons. You can take one heavy uh, weapon and two specials. I would take yeah? one Dark Lance and two blasters, yes. and then I would take a blast pistol and a Phantasm grenade launcher. So I, it's about 145 to 150 points for the unit. However, the Dark Lance... Is essentially shoots like a blaster, yes. but it's got the D3 plus three damage, and then you've yep. got a blast pistol or phantasm grenade launcher in there as well, on top of that. And they can run around in a raider, you know what I mean? And like mm. just shoot a tank and then or get out of the tank to get rerolls and fire and fade back in. There's so many cool like options you can do with them. Or you can go no upgrades, all splinter weaponry and like a cabal of the poison tongue, put them in a raider with like splinter racks. And get twenty shots with poison three plus at twenty four inches from the raider, and do that yes. every single turn. Yes, that's a right? thing. It's a thing. In, in yeah. the right matchups, that thing is deadly. Right. Uh, would you? It's, would you? You wouldn't take yeah. a splinter cannon with that loadout. Well, you could if you wanted to. It's just the rapid fire weapons get double get shots, the, right? The, so, the racks, so yeah. like you're getting an extra shot that does two damage if you do the the. Um, if you do the splinter cannon, mm-hmm. right? Uh, however, 
I much like if you're just doing it, you're committing. You're just going, this is my chaff clearer or whatever, yeah. and just like rolling with it. Well, I just love the idea of taking a heavy weapon and just always hitting on two with the heavy weapon because essentially you're getting that guy's getting plus two to hit, which I think is crazy good value. On a it 10 is. Point, you, on a 10 and point you know chassis. what? You know what? Yes, I could see it if you did the, the splinter cannon, three shots hitting on twos, minus one AP, two damage. Like you're killing a couple of space screens here or there. You know what I mean? I think, yes, okay, there's some value to that. Fair. All right. So, talk about the Blood Brides. These will also cost you two points per model. What does that put a, a witch up to, points wise? 10 points. 10 <laughs> points as well. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. 12 points. 12, 12 points. points. Yeah. They are 10 points. They are the most expensive troop choice in the Codex right now. For um, good reason. That's for we'll good reason. To. They murder things. Mm. <laughs> they hit so hard. So, once again, capped at a max unit of 10, so you can't go to 20. Uh, models in this we- in this unit have weapon skill bliss of a characteristic of 2+, plus. add 1 to the leadership also. And each time an attack is made by a model in this unit, that would trigger the Blade Artist ability. The armor penetration characteristic is increased by 3 instead of 1. So, just to foreshadow what Blade Artist is, because it's obviously it's come up here before they've told you what it is, which is something that frustrates me about the Codex layout. But... Uh, so they get rending on sixes. They essentially get an additional rend on sixes for, for witch cults, actually for, for a huge amount of things in this book. But these guys get rend three on them instead of rend one, e.g. stealers. Rend, stealers. It's, it's, it's rend four. So because their weapons, they're, they're weapons are already AP one and yeah. they're cumulative, so they'd be AP four. Now, out of all of them, I, I think the Blood Brides is the one that doesn't really like... A lot of people have been talking. I don't. I don't think there. It's worth it to be so, honest. Yeah, dude. To my mind, um, well, for the things that I've seen at witches, they're already killy enough. You can already do things killy that enough. make them killy enough. That you don't need this upgrade. A lot of the times, I'm going to be rolling randomly for combat drugs. We'll get to that in a second because yep. you can get more of them than you used to. And one of the one of the rules is plus one to your weapon skill. Yep. You know what I mean? So if you would roll that on blood brides, it's wasted. You yeah. know, it's a wasted. So I'm. And I much prefer saving the two points for model, and they already get good AP. The on sixes to hit, they're two AP. If they're cult of strife, which we'll talk about in a later podcast, you can make them just base AP two going yeah, to AP three with. with. Yep. So there's like, and then their special weapons are included and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff you can do. Mm. So out of the three, I don't see myself as much as I love that they're there. I don't see myself using them. Well, that's that's and that's an indictment on how good the base unit is, how good witches are that you don't need this upgrade. Um, because capitalites, yeah. they do, they legitimately get a huge amount from this upgrade. Witches don't get that much. You're already they're already starting with like four attacks each, hitting on threes, four attacks each, hitting on twos. Doesn't doesn't set me on fire. I'm already hitting with three of them. I'm probably still hitting not when with, you can yeah. already get the hitting on twos with a drug, yeah. right? Yeah, like exactly, you know, exactly. if, you know what I mean. And mm. they get plus one to hit starting on turn three anyway, right? Because well, of the because the, of the power from paint. There's the thing. You you what you do is you take a unit of twenty of, of witches and give them. You pick the the plus the weapon skill two, and you've got twenty blood brides. You know, a combat drug. Cool. I got twenty. Correct. I didn't. I I, yeah. I didn't have to pay all the points. But anyway, tell us about the rack upgrade, and please. Tell me how to pronounce this damn thing. Hemoxites. Well done. <laughs> Hemoxites. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I was. I just call them super racks. Okay. That's so good. you can that call is what them I super racks everybody too. Everybody will call them also. Just super racks, right? And uh, <laughs> so once again, you can only have a maximum of ten in the unit. You improve their save by one. So you improve their armor save by one, and you improve their invulnerable save by one. Yep. So they start the game with the power from pain, with a 
five up invulnerable save. And then on turn four and onwards, they have a four up invulnerable save. So they can get as durable as the old prophets of flesh racks. Mm -hmm. It just takes a couple of turns for them. You add plus one to leadership. And this is the kicker. Once per phase, it, the, first the first failed saving throw turns the damage to zero. So they could literally ignore the first fail saving throw every yeah. phase. So you just which just can't shoot awesome. you just can't shoot multi melters at these guys with a with ignoring the first one and a four up involve you're losing you know two four, thirds five up normally like four yeah. up involve later in the game so it might come up later but a lot of the times if people can e e kill them early in the game they're gonna try and kill them earlier in the game yes uh, they are plus two per model so they do go up to ten points per mm -hmm. model in the unit. And, of course, combined with something like the Master Homunculus Warlord Trait Twisted Animator, if you wanted to have like a tough, durable unit that's going to stick around for a long time, you just keep them around to heat, to bring back D3 of them every single turn. Mm. In addition to the plus so, toughness, of course. In addition to the toughness, the extra save, and of course, mm. ignoring, ignoring the one wound, right? Or the, ignoring the first yeah. fail save, basically. No, I quite like it. I do think the Trueborn are the, the, biggest, the bigger winners here. Um, that that the rack one doesn't set me on fire, but I can see the reasons why. For you'd two want points, one for yeah. two points, a model going from eight to ten points. In my opinion, it's totally worth it. It's, yeah, it it's doubles it, as well. It right mm. off the bat, it doubles the effectiveness of their invulnerable save. Yep, right it makes their invulnerable save twice as good, going from a six up to a five up, and then to a four up. So later in the game, they become a lot harder to shift. And they they it's per phase. So one in you know one failed save. Her phase. That's your mm -hmm. opponent shooting, your opponent's combat, yep. right? And then your combat more often than not. Overwatch. Right? Yeah. Overwatching, right? So it's it makes them very reliable at sticking around. And you don't have to throw them out there. You can just keep them on your backfield objective for a couple of turns, take a bunch of shots from random stuff, and then later in the game, use them to like walk into the middle of the table. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and just be annoying. Yep. I, I, I quite like them. Absolutely quite like them. Um, all right. Jumping down to the covens and cults and all that stuff, we have a page here just telling us that if you're in a cabal, you get a cabal trait, etc., etc. Is there anything on page 53 that I'm missing that we need to talk about? Um, basically, it's you know, you get your obsessions, um, you know, you have to have a specified the obsession if you kind of do a Build-A-Bear, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you have to clearly state what obsessions you've picked. Yep. Um, it does say that if you're in a real space-rated attachment, even though your Warlord is an Archon, you can take relics for the Witches and the Homunculus. Because a lot of the relics, yeah. Because yeah, a lot of the relics are like, if your Warlord is of this yeah. or whatever, you can take it. But it just says, in a real space rate, you can mix and match, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it just, it read this section, it's a lot of Mumbo jumbo. However, it it's you know it's important, but just like don't don't forget that it exists. I'm a big big fan of them chucking in all the examples that they have. I think those are the best yes. that I've that I've read so far. Um, and it's it's obvious that GW has gone to a lot of effort effort to make Drakari play right. Um, Correct. And, uh, which which I am in love with. All right. First up, Cabal of the Black Heart, the most, the one everybody knows and has seen the most of, and everyone has been on the wrong end of as well. Uh, their obsession is thirst for power. Units with this obsession have the power from pain ability. Uh, sorry, that had the power from pain ability. Treat the current battle round as being one higher than it actually is when determining the effects that they gain. Uh, 
Um, if a real space raid detachment includes a Cabal of the Blackheart Archon, then till the end of the battle, all Blades for High units in that detachment have the Power from Pain ability, and they also treat the battle round as being one higher than it is. Um, the, so, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me that Incubi, Mandrakes, and Scourge mm -hmm. all can advance and charge on turn one in a Cabal of the Blackheart real space raid? Yeah, I think so. What? What? Yeah, no, that's it's incredible. I thought you meant to say that I got it wrong. I was like, oh god. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> no, you got it right. I was Sweet. just expressing uh, my my uh, admiration to this rule. Man, Drakes, love them. Anyway, yeah. uh, advance and charge, to... and nine inches away from your deployment zone. Turn one. If you go mm -hmm. first, they're in your face. Those ten yeah, to right fifteen up. Mandrakes are just gonna be like all over you. Mm -hmm. um, plus one to leadership for everybody with this obsession. Each time a unit with obsession, obsession is selected to shoot or fight, you can reroll one hit roll when resolving that unit's attacks. That is a threefold. That's a fourfold. Uh, that's a fourfold bonus for what used to yeah. be one bonus, right? If you didn't yeah. have, if if so, your your venom's got power from pain first here, and everyone else added plus one to their to their power from pain. Yeah, that's all you got from last one, and now you get that. Plus, you give power from pain to everybody else that didn't have it, and you get to reroll one hit. Well, you don't get power from pain to everybody who don't has it. You just oh, give the yeah. plus one to the power from pain apologies, to apologies. blades for yeah. higher units. So you in a real space rate detachment. So mm. if you're taking scourge, if you're taking, you know, now all of a sudden they hit better sooner, they can advance and charge faster. You know, so mm -hmm. your incubi become crazy dangerous from turn one. I mean, yes. they, their threat range is massive, for example. Mm, to just encapsulate the rest of it, uh, the Warlord trait, Labyrinth and Cunning. Uh, while this Warlord is on the battlefield, each time you or your opponent spends any command points you just, on a, to use a stratagem, can roll a d6, and on a 6, you gain 1 CP. So you or your opponent use a strat, roll a 6. Um, and they're rid of the Living Muse. And these are the two that everyone took, but they have changed. Um, the Bearer has the following writ of the Living Muse aura. While a friendly Cabal of the Blackheart core unit is in six of the bearer, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, we roll a wound roll of one. If the bearer is in a real space raid unit, this ability also affects blades for higher units. So he gives real ones to hit and ones to wound with this wall of trait. And Agents of Vect. This is a zero CP stratagem now. Used to be a four CP stratagem. Uh, use a stratagem after your opponent uses a stratagem, uh, excluding command reroll. Until the end of the battle, the CP cost your opponent must pay to use that stratagem is increased by one, and this stratagem can only be used once. So they did change it. You know what? It's no longer the, I'm going to say, oppressive mm -hmm. stratagem that it used to be. You know, because it definitely had like a feel bad sort of like, it was always feel bad for somebody who was like, yes, I have this one stratagem that I'm really excited about using, and then you play your Dark Eldar friend, and you'll die, and you'd be like, Vex says no, and now yeah. you lose. You yes. know, <laughs> like yeah. it was, it it did lead to some moments like that. However, as a Dark Eldar player, also especially in Ninth Edition, without being able to reroll it, you'd be like, "What does Vex say? One, I spent four CP for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> so it, it worked both ways. It was yeah. like it was either really awesome or it just it was it was terrible in mm. in for either player. Yeah. Um, what what are your so thoughts like on this? what are your thoughts on Blackheart overall? It seems really strong and very well. Blackheart is my favorite, I think, mm. in competitive play. You, I'm. It is a shame that it's kind of 
it, I feel like it's going to overshadow the rest of the cabals. Yeah. Right? And I feel like most competitive Dark Guild players are going to lean to this just because it gives you so much. However, some very, like, you know, like some specific builds or play styles will use the other the other cabals or even a custom cabal. Yeah, it's not like they're terrible. It's just cabal of the black heart, especially in a real space raid detachment, mm-hmm. gives you the most bang for your buck. Because not only does it affect all the cabalite stuff, it affects all the blade for hire yes. things. It, it right? breaks the boundaries of the cabal and bleeds over into a bunch of other things. And if, like you said, in a real space detachment. Um, the Archon's already buffing everybody else as well, as this is just doubling and tripling down on the buffs that he can give and bleed out across those, you know, glass walls, so to speak. But this this one seems to be the yeah the most well rounded. It seems to have the most applications for different builds. I'm assuming when we get to the other ones, they'll be more specific to specific things like you know uh, poison tongue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, if you are willing, tell us about that one. Tell us about the poison tongue. So the Cabal of Poison Tongue is my favorite Cabal lore wise. Uh, yeah. So, um, so they have the Serpent's Kiss. It's the obsession. So every time a model with obsession makes an attack with a poison weapon, the poison weapon ability will be increased by plus one. Now, normally, poison right now wounds on an unmodified roll of whatever it is. So it can't be yeah. modified by stuff like Dark Technomancers and stuff, which we'll get to in a second. However, this changes the value from a four plus poison to a three plus poison. So... It's good for like Venoms and Cabalite Warriors mainly yep. that have poison weapons. And it also works in close combat as well. If an enemy unit has any models destroyed by an attack made with a poison weapon, you it's minus one for attrition test taken for the enemy unit. Now, it's a it's good, but it's very situational because mm-hmm. things like Death Guard and Space Marines don't care about combat attrition modifiers. Nah, not particularly. Right? They're, they're not going to care. Um, but things like if you're playing an army that has like six, ten strong guardsmen units, right? Then that actually might come into play. Or somebody who has multiple large dude, units of like horrors or dude, Necron Warriors can't bring them yeah. back a dot of morale. Like Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just and there's lots of ways to kind of stack leadership debuffs and things mm-hmm. like that. So large blocks of Necron Warriors and other Xenos, it does have its uses. It's just not going to be useful every time. Yes. Whereas, say, Cabal of the Black Heart, re-rolling a single hit roll on your raider with a Dark Lance that is a single shot will be useful pretty much every time you miss. You know, every time you miss, you get a re-roll, right? Yes. Um, the Warlord trait is Towering Arrogance. When this Warlord would lose a wound as a result of a mortal wound, it's a five-up feel-no-pain. And they have an aura of six inches. Um, called, uh, well, Towering Arrogance, but any Poison Tongue unit within six inches ignores any modifiers for attrition tests. Meh. Like, eh. Eh, like you know, okay, if you're playing your friend's, you know, Thousand Suns, then yes, that'd be kind of cool, but the aura only really works if you're taking, like, giant blobs. Mm. And then again, if you're doing that, why not just take the Soul Helm that gives yeah. you five up feeling low pain yeah, exactly. all the time anyway, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and then, of course, we have a joke within the Dark Eldar community of how many pistols they can put into a codex. <laughs> uh, what's the score at the moment? What's the current um, Well, you know, anyway, there's lots of pistols. So here's our first pistol of the night. <laughs> it's called the Soul Seeker. And you can take a drink every time you mention a pistol, a relic yes. pistol. Um, it'll Don't be a fun that. drinking be game. Bad for your health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do it. We do not endorse you <laughs> drinking alcohol. 
Yeah, the podcast. Do the podcast. Do the podcast. Do your drinking games and by Scar and Scottcast episode That's right. Um, so it's an 18 inch pistol, too. It's poison 2 plus with D3 damage, and it ignores the lookout, sir, roll and ignores light cover. Oh, benefits of cover. Just ignores the benefits of cover. So it's always going to probably hit on twos. It's only replacing a splinter pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can shoot a character um, yep. with two shots that do D3 damage each that are AP2. So, eh, okay, fair enough. But there's other things that are better snipers in this book. Like, Absolutely. why would I waste my relic on a pistol? Yeah. When God comes back and we've got all those three wounds, you sure, know, platoon yeah. commanders and psychers running around, yeah, this thing will get better right now. It's, uh, well, yeah, no, it's, in the uh, old codex, it, you didn't even need to shoot. It could shoot characters out of line of sight. Oof, so, like, it was better bad. back then where you mm. could just be like, you know, the little bullets would find you because it <laughs> seeked your soul. Now it's just, I have to see you too. So yeah. you're telling me that wall is your best friend. You just hide behind the wall, you're fine. But why would the wall betray me, Scary? Exactly. So Insidious Misdirection is the is the stratagem. Oh, such a missed opportunity. I wish that they would have made this just Dark Eldar specific and not mm-hmm. to, like tied to one cabal. It's the redeployment stratagem. Oh, so yeah. you know, Eldar get it for the whole faction. Harlequins get it for like a whole faction, and for Dark Eldar, it's it's focused on one cabal. So if you're taking Poison Tongue, you're literally taking it for this stratagem. I believe it's so, amazing. Yeah. I love this stratagem. Um, you can redeploy three units in your army for two CP, and or you can put them into strategic reserve for no additional cost of CP. That's and, powerful. That's very powerful. Yes. And it's also um and it and it breaks the rules of how many units you can put into strategic mm-hmm. reserve. So even if you put half your army into strategic reserve, you could put even more stuff into strategic reserve with misdirection. The T's and C's on that, the terms and conditions on that are phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, it's a great strategy. And then you can combine it with some really cool stratagems like, you know, when you deploy it, we'll get to them when we talk about stratagems, but after you, you know, bring a tr- uh, transport in from strategic reserve, you can disembark the models inside, for example, right? So you can bring them in, then disembark the models inside, then the models inside can declare a charge or something like that. Yeah. Right? You know what's, it's a crazy, crazy idea. Does this mean you can truly null deploy? You put a thousand, well, thousand points on you, the table, a thousand points in you, reserve, your you, 1,000 yeah, points you, is in three tantalus. You can, you pay you, two you CP. can if you oh, three tantaluses. <laughs> <laughs> What's the the best part would be make each tantalus have a unit of fifteen cult of strife witches inside. Oh, right. So then you can put them in the cult of strife witches come out. One of the units disembarks or whatever, and then it gets a plus one to charge because mm. of the cult of strife thing. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know. That you start the game on turn three, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you auto lose the end of turn one, don't you? Because you have more, right? Um, I Do think you? I think that's not a thing anymore. That's no, not not a thing anymore. I don't think <laughs> it is. Um, I'll Open just up check. the jack tank. I'll check. Well, we, you know, we'll we'll yeah. kind of go through the next thing, and I'll come back and yeah, kind of yeah. tell you. I'll talk about flayed skull. All right. I Let's... think you might. I'm not sure. Um, Slay from the Skies is their obsession. Each time a model with this obsession that can fly or that is embarked upon a transport that can fly uh, makes a ranged attack. The target does not receive the benefit of light cover to that attack. So, you know, ignore the, the plus one. Um, add two to the move characteristics of vehicle units with this obsession. Not bad. 
not not crazy, not setting me on fire. You're already super, super speedy with all your vehicles. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much mileage you get from being speedier. Um, the exhaust cover is pretty saucy, though. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kibosh our null deploy thing. Just says <laughs> if one player has no models remaining in their army at the start of their turn, yeah, the other player may continue to play out their turns until the battle ends. Yes. So oh you no, know, it's in their army. No, no, never mind. They still have. A, there's no. You can null deploy then with this 100% because you still have models in your army it's nothing to do with models on the table that's amazing okay cool well null yeah. deploy is the thing I think that's the you look at poison tongue like oh cool poison weapons nah it's the null deploy army um, yeah the warlord trait for flayed skull is famed savagery add one to its warlord's strengths and attacks characteristics that can be pretty cool if you're coupling it with the master archon uh, the relic is obsidian veil uh, Cabal, the Flayed Skull Archon model only, Bear has a 4 plus invulnerable save. Eh, you've already got a 2 plus invulnerable save. Uh, Master of the Shattered Sky is their stratagem for 1 CP. Use stratagem when you would select a uh, Cabal, the Flayed Skull unit from your army to shoot with till the end of the phase. Each time a, that unit makes an attack that targets a unit that can fly, add 1 to the attack's hit roll. If the target is an aircraft, add 2 to the hit roll instead. Um... I'm finding this pretty underwhelming. It's got all these buffs. Yeah, it's, got, it's, it's got all these buffs. The things that it's got all these buffs. The things that fly and to extra movement, and that's got two kind of ham-fisted a wall of trait and a relic to just buff an archon. In, in, in yeah, to just buff an archon. It seems like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like it's a it's a far cry from what it was before. Like they lost the reroll once to hit when mm -hmm. they're embarked in a transport. Like I I don't know. I feel like they kind of missed the mark. You can make a pretty killy archon with like you know fame savagery and like a gym blade or something. Like there's some there's some stuff that you can do there. However, if your friend plays a lot of fly stuff, then maybe take flayed skull just so you can like kill a whole bunch of flying things. Uh, mm -hmm. I doubt you'll be seeing this as often as you think or as you did before yeah yeah i i, I doubt i'll be seeing it very often um it seems it seems quite underwhelming unless you like if this is a competitive podcast we can say no you're never gonna play flayed mm. skull competitively you know what i mean like it's just it, it doesn't really live up to what it was and then the last one though cabal of the obsidian rose now that one does have some play I tell think. us about it so flawless worksmanship is the obsession. You add six inches to the range of all assault, rapid fire, and heavy weapons that are not relics with mm -hmm. models with this obsession. And each time a unit with this obsession shoots or fights, you can reroll one wound roll. So instead of a reroll a hit, it's reroll a wound, which is kind of cool, especially mm -hmm. when you're running like a ravager with three lances. You know what I mean, like you hit on threes, and then you might be wounding on threes or fours. It makes it a lot. Uh, you know, you, you're more likely to get damage through in some set, in some cases. Uh, and then the extra six inch range is pretty cool. You know, makes all the rapid fire weapons like thirty inches. You know what I mean? So then you could like shoot a bunch of guns with your raiders from thirty inches away, so you're safe from people charging you. you yeah, know, things like that. Is a is a blaster assault? It is. Yeah, Beautiful. makes the blasters twenty four with a real right? to wound. So mm hmm. Yeah, nice. which is pretty cool. Nice. Like inside of a inside of a venom or inside of a raider, you know, you you know, if I were to do Cabal of Sin Rose, I'd probably go for like a raider with like two units of five cabalites inside. So then you can have you know two rerolls, one for each blaster, yeah. Yeah. plus the dark lance. So it's mm. just like to maximize on what you're getting there. Um, but that's going into more meta stuff. Mm. 
Um, and then the Warlord trait's Deathly Perfectionist, so plus one to the strength of the weapons of the Warlord, excluding relics. Mm-hmm. Pass. <laughs> <Hard> pass. <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. And then the Armor of Misery, like, uh, the bearer has a, th- a three-plus saving throw, and a melee attack subtracts one from the hit roll. Soul Helm's better. Soul Helm is better. Like if you're going for that, like Archon that doesn't want to get hit, mm. you know, Soul Helm just does it better. Yeah. And then failure is not an option. Okay. So it sounds cool, but for one CP, it's a stratagem that if the three moons align around <laughs> the sun and all of the situations, you know, like it's just so situational. Um, so basically, after you fail a morale test, and then after you take your attrition tests you get to shoot with every model that would have run away. And if any of the models kill a model, then none of the models run away. So it's- <laughs> oh my God, that is, yeah. That's, they have- sure, okay. <laughs> so they're pro- They should be dead anyway. Like, like if you're running big 20 strong units, you know, sure, okay. Like it could be, but normally they're just going to die. They're toughness three. Like what are you, what are you expecting them to stick around for? So the, the flawless workmanship is legitimately good, though. The, the, that, that obsession is Correct. legitimately good. That's Correct. A, Especially for an MSU, like, with Dark Lances or Blasters. You know what I mean? Like, you get more bang for your buck. Mm. Yeah, and with, with Blasters going up in power, they get the plus two, they get the two plus, plus D6 damage now, yeah? Yes, D3, D3 plus three, minimum yeah. four? Yeah. Uh, they, that and Heat Lances. We'll get to Heat Lances, but mm. Heat Lances are my favorite anti-tank weapon. Can see what you said about Blackheart overshadowing. Like, so the, the issue here is, yeah. So Cabal the Poison Tongue has a decent obsession and an incredible stratagem. Cabal the Flayed Skull has an okay obsession, and that's it. Um, Obsidian Rose has an amazing obsession, and that's it. And only so, literally, only um, only Blackheart has a great obsession, a good Warlord trait. A good relic and an amazing stratagem. They are they're the only one that that like well decent more. stratagem. It's not like a it's not like a, a an auto take strat, but the stratagem is like it, it requires a little bit of forethought. Yeah, more than what it did before. Yeah, for sure. But they're the yeah. only one that I think just ticks more than two boxes in the do I want to take this stuff. So I think it's a bit rough. All right, other cabals. These are the uh, build your own goodos. Let's. I'm gonna just read out all these at once, and then we can talk about the good ones. Yep. First one is Dark Mirth, Mirth, whatever. Uh, funny dark stuff. It gives you an aura. Um, units with deception have the following ability: whilst they're within twelve of this unit, each time an enemy unit is selected to make a normal move, advance, or fallback, or issue a charge, roll one d6 on a five plus. The enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. Um, we have a Deadly Deceivers. Um, units with this obsession are eligible. So to just shoot. just to, just to note. Um, so Deadly Deceiver is the one you're talking about, and Toxin Crafters have the all-consuming rule. So All-consuming means you can only take that one. Mm-hmm. So if you pick that one, you can only take that one, and all the others are mix and match yeah. two. So you build a bear with two. Um, yes, that's it. So Deadly Deceivers, units with this obsession, are eligible to shoot in a turn in which they fell back. If they do, uh, then until the end of the turn, each time you don't make it's it's minus one to hit. You can fall back and shoot, but you minus one to hit. Uh, dis- yeah, you become little ultramarines. Yeah, little you know baby I mean? like, ultras. Sure. You might, might even want to paint them blue. Disdain for yep. lesser beings. Each time a combat attrition test is taken for a unit with this obsession, add one to the combat attrition test. Okay, fair. Cool. So, um, so you're less likely to run away? 
Merciless Razorkin. Each time a model's this obsession makes an attack with a splinter weapon. Uh, and a modified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Like, out of the all of them, it's one of the ones that I would consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, torturous efficiency. Torturous efficiency, rather. Each time a model with obsession makes an attack with a ranged weapon. On a modified rude roll of six, improve the armor penetration characteristics of one. Yeah, so you could get your poison, right? Yeah. You know, and it's uh, poison to do extra hits on sixes and sixes and, to win yeah. AP one. So you like there's some there's some cool like combos mm. that you can come up with. Next one, a mobile raiders add two to the move characteristics of models with this exception that can fly. So that's one half of uh, is it a fight skull? skull? Yep. You could literally pick that and something else, and yeah, it something would probably better. be better than <laughs> <a fight> skull. <laughs> Soulbound. Each time a model with this exception would lose a wound as a result of model wound doesn't on a, it doesn't on a roll of a five plus. Toxin Crafters, which is the other exclusive one. Each time a model with this obsession makes an attack with a poison weapon, add a modified hit roll of six, change the weapon's uh, poison weapon ability to two plus. So on sixes to hit, the wound roll is a two plus um, poison. Each time a model with this obsession makes an attack with a poison weapon, re-roll a wound roll of one. But I actually don't mind that. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, it, mm. it's sixes to hit become twos to wound and you can re-roll wound rolls of one mm. right so it, like if you're doing like a venom spam or a cavalite spam uh with lots and lots of poison then it's probably one of the ones that you'd definitely be looking at yeah agreed twisted hunters each time model with obsession makes an attack against the character unit add one to that attack's hit roll it's very situational and maybe maybe it'll come into 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 the game once every game and the last one is webway raiders each time you use a webway portal stratagem if any units with obsession uh, are selected reduce the command point cost of that stratagem by one oh, so sorry. you can use yeah. it for zero cp for one mm-hmm. and you can use it for two cp for two units yeah not bad yeah uh, but yeah, I think we like literally. I like the little rhythm we got there. I just talk about it. You give me an anecdote. I talk about it, you give me an anecdote because I pretty much we encapsulated the ones we like there. It's all the ones that buff the shooting, pretty much. Yeah. Well, if you're doing looking at Cabal, like yes, Cavalite's got an extra attack. Yes, they can be AP, you know, extra AP in close combat. But you're still going to use them to shoot. You know, they're not exactly yes. going to be charging up the table unless you have some crazy like idea where you're like, you know what, sixty Cavalite warriors all in raiders with <laughs> power swords. Are gonna run up and charge you? Mm. Right, then, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, dude, let's power on. I, I want to try and get through all the the covens and the cults still. So, tell us about the cult of strife. So, the cult of strife. I'm gonna say right now is my favorite. Mm. <laughs> Who would have thought? Just all bias aside, cult of strife is my favorite. And we'll you know we'll get to that when we talk about the the supplement as well because I feel in conjunction with the supplement, it's amazing from the book of rust. So the obsession is spectacle of murder. I have to say it with that voice every time. Uh, at the start of the fight phase, <laughs> a unit with this obsession with an engagement range of any enemy units fights first, can fight first, which means they get fight, fight first, which is a really good rule to have in this edition. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in protracted combat. Yeah. Each time you declare a charge for a unit with this obsession, if there are no other units from your army within engagement range of any of the units that you declare a charge against, you get plus one to the charge roll. So as long as they're charging something that you haven't locked up yet, they get plus one to charge. Yes. Which is really good, especially like at a deep strike and considering they can advance and charge in turn two, you know, there's some cool stuff you can do there. The Warlord trait is Blood Dancer. 
Every time uh, the Warlord makes a melee attack, an unmodified hit roll of a six scores two additional hits. Now, there's some crazy combos that you can do with this, but essentially, you can have witches with like 16 to 18 hits. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm. just nuts how, how much they can hit you. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got the File Bouquet, which is uh, a succubus model only. Roll a d6 at the start of each battle round. Until the end of the battle round, the bearer gains that combat drug effect um, until the end of the battle round. And it can be one that the bearer is has already been affected by, and it mm-hmm. is cumulative with anything that they've had. So Real good. Quite well, quite good. Uh, the, it, on a one in six, it's going to be useless, mm. because the, the plus one leadership, plus one ballistic skill combat drugs that's true she already hits is the dudes. only one or the plus one weapon skill like so there's a two out of four like two out of six chance that you're going to roll something that's pointless mm. <laughs> but other than that like four of the choices will be like plus one attack plus one strength right plus one uh plus two inches to your move like those are good and cumulative make like are fantastic but the other two, it's like, point. It's why? There's no point. I'd rather see this be a Warlord trait, because giving up your Relic to do this feels bad. That is, Correct. That is now, fair. there's... Yeah, there, there's, there are other ones that you can use that are much better for mm. Relics. Fair. Okay. Then, no method of death beyond our grasp. It's two command points. Use it in the shooting phase or the fight phase. Select a Cult of Strife Witches unit. So... Just a witch unit, just the regular witches, no Helions, no, no Reaver jet bikes, yep. nothing. They can either shoot again at the end of the fight phase or fight again if they're within engagement range of any enemy units. So two CP, shoot again or fight again. Well, so, shoot, obviously shoot again is not fantastic. They're witches, they've got splinter pistols. Yeah. Well, if you really need to kill that Dreadnought so that you can declare a charge Fair. on a different unit yeah. and you have a blast pistol and you like missed the first time, and it gives you a second chance at blowing up the dreadnought, so you can charge the unit you need to charge. Then sure, you know what I mean. Like yeah, there's I mean, situations where sure. it might be useful. Mm. I yeah, I'm a big fan. I think just the fight first and the the plus one to charge if you're the first one charging yep. is, is huge, absolutely huge for what witches want to be doing. Um, so yeah, I think Correct. this is really powerful. You're right. Um, anything else you'd like to say about Cold of Strife? Uh, make sure you check out the Book of Rust. Like, yes. If have you it. haven't, like, it is incredible. Mm, I'll have Scary on. Makes, that. Yes. I'll have Scary back on in a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll do the Book of Rust, the, the Cult of Strife stuff, because it is saucy. Absolutely saucy. Uh, all right. Cult of the Cursed Blade. Obsession. Only the strong will th- thrive. Add one to the strength characteristics of models with this obsession. Already. Hoy, that's good. Each time uh, you make an unmodified save oh, yeah. roll strength of six for models with obsession. Or strength against five. A melee attack. Hellions. There was a bit of delay there. No, no stress. Um, so yeah, strength four, which is strength five Hellions. Source, yeah. Strength five Hellions, strength five Reaver Jet Bikes now because Blade Veins are not mm-hmm. a set strength four anymore. They're plus one strength. Nice. So the plus one strength actually helps Reaver Jet Bikes now. Um, and then it c- combines very well with some of the extra, like uh, some of the witch weapons, if you want to take those because they don't require like, you know, um, or even some of the like relics. You know, yep. it's a good, it's a good obsession. Yeah, it's a good time. And yeah, in addition, uh, on a modified saving roll of a six, you essentially rebound a mortal wound back onto the attacking unit, which can be pretty cool with these big blocks of twenty witches. You you might want to just charge them into things like orc boys. Um, yeah, get them killed because maybe they won't kill twenty orc boys. Maybe they'll kill you know fifteen, and then but those those 
five orc boys that are left have like you know 30 attacks and kill themselves which would be pretty pretty cool um the warlord trait is treacherous deceiver each time you make an unmodified saving roll of four plus for this warlord against a melee attack after the attacking model unit has finished making its attacks that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound this warlord cannot benefit from this and the obsession at the same time so you can't double up there their relic is traitor's embrace Cold of the Cursed Blade Succubus model only. If the bearer is destroyed by a melee attack, roll a d6 on a 2+. plus. After these attacking models unit has finished making its attacks, it suffers d3 plus 3 mortal wounds. I'm getting a bit of a theme here. And then the, the strategy... I'll tell you right now, yep. this this is the... what you know we This is a suicide succubus. It is. Okay. It so if you if you just need some mortal wounds, like running her directly at that large unit of custodies or something, mm. and just hoping that she makes a bunch of four ups, bounces a bunch of mortal wounds, and then eventually dies, and then does D three plus three mortal wounds, like anything that's really tough, great armor save, good invulnerable saves, like you just want to run her. Like you might not want to use your master succubus for this, but you just like a little sixty point succubus mm. with a wall of trait and a relic, and you run her into something that's really really tough. And hope that she dies. Yeah, it's actually really cool using a combination with like just five obsec witches. Uh, you've got five custody guard on there. I'll put five witches on there as well. Succubus goes in, gets herself killed, kills two, two kills two custodes because you know by charging and you stop them from intervening into the witches. And yeah, gets herself killed, kills two custodes, hold the objective. Um, you know, job done. Little nice little package. And the. Uh, Stratagem is Venomous Shard Bombs for 1 CP. Use a stratagem after the enemy has declared a charge against a Cult of Cursed Blade, which is unit from your army. That unit can fire Overwatch before the charge roll is made. When it does so, up to five models in the unit that are equipped with plasma grenades can make attacks with them. And until the end of the phase, plasma grenades in this, that it, sorry, plasma grenades this unit is equipped with gain the Poisoned Weapon 2-plus ability. Um, that's not setting me on fire. It's cute, and you might use it. Okay, if you have five Witches... In a defensible piece of terrain, which oh, lets true. you overwatch on fives, yep. right? And then you just happen to get charged by 30 orcs, or anything that's 11 or more models, So the, and they're all within six inches of you, right, to, <laughs> to throw these grenades. <laughs> Once again, if the stars align and yes. everything works out, right? So it's another very situation. You will but, tell them about this strat, and they'll just be like, "Oh, <laughs> would you be would it be uh, okay if I charge you from outside six inches?" And you most likely you, you won't be you won't be a dick and be like, "That's you'll fine. be like, oh, fine, uh, yeah, go yeah. for it." This is the one time I get to the use the one it. time, and then they fail their six, and you're like, "Just as planned." Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I actually quite like Curse, uh, Cold of the Curse Blade. The utility is kind of a a, a, a nice little janky toolbox and more look i like the strength four base for everything it means yeah. you can kind of roll your combat drugs a lot more freely a strength four is like a it's a sweet spot for mm. witches where now they're wounding vehicles on fives instead of sixes exactly in right. a lot of the cases so they become a lot more utilitarian into mm. a lot of different matchups so if you just want like a workhorse like witch uh, unit that's going to is even if they die in combat that you have the potential to do damage back Right, and then that sort of appeals to you as well as the extra strength because it affects you know their witch weapons. It affects like it. It's cumulative with their combat drugs. Mm. It works on Reaver jet bikes now. It also works on raiders and venoms. So That's venoms go cute. to strength six plus one for blade veins. They go to strength seven, and raiders go to strength seven. Right, and with blade veins, raiders are strength eight in combat <laughs> with this obsession, which means if you give them chains. Each raider is charging in with six strength eight attacks that are AP minus one. That's pretty funny. 
Right, exactly. It's hilarious. And then if they attack your raider back, every six that you take, they'll do a mortal wound back. <laughs> that is really funny. Because well, what, there's some cute things you can do with this. Like, ah, uh, you've got, let's say, for some reason, Catachan's come back into vogue and you've got a unit of 10 Catachan guys next to Strachan, next to a priest. Charge your raider in sideways into that unit. Base every single model. Make them first. Roll. You have to shock proud them. Yeah, shock yeah. Proud sorry, them shock proud. Make them roll thirty <laughs> attacks against you, and take you know maybe you'll take five or six saves by the end of it. And yeah, you kill two or three more guardsmen because you didn't roll that many saves. But yeah, no, there's a lot of cute things with Curse Blade. That's that, that might be my favorite so far. I think for me, I like that better than Strife. Just because I, yep. I think the, the mortal wound factor is really strong in the metagame at the moment, and it will change the way people want to play you. I'll tell you right now, there's there are plenty of ways to get mortal wounds in this codex. Uh, fair, fair. Right? So this is not like, it's not like before it was like, oh, I've got one succubus that can bounce mortal wounds mm. back to you. Right? Like, it's, there, there are lots of different ways to get mortal wounds. So the mortal wound output is, is cute. One in six chance. Right, it's just, it's nothing to write home about. I think the strength, the extra strength, is a lot more appealing. Mm. All right, tell us about Cult of Red Grief. Okie dokie, Cult of the Red Grief. Um, their obsession is speed of the kill, so you can reroll charge rolls made for units with this obsession. So that's not something that's built into Power from Pain anymore. So you're normally going to have to use a command point reroll for that, mm-hmm. or Cult of the Red Grief just have that built in. And they add two to advance rolls. So they can advance up to eight inches. Now, this doesn't affect Reaver Jet Bikes because they don't roll, for example. Yeah. But it will affect everything else. That's Raiders, Venoms, mm. Witches, uh, anything on foot, right? Um, and and Hellions. And of course, considering that you can advance and charge, charge. On, turn, yeah. on turn two onwards, this means that this Red Grief is going to be just as fast, even if not faster than it ever was. Mm. Right. So everything just goes a lot faster. Like imagine you're getting out of a raider, you're getting out three inches, you're moving your unit eight Seven, inches. Uh, yeah. Right. You have the two inches combat uh, combat drug, so they're moving ten, so that's you know fifteen inches or thirteen inches out, and then you're rolling a minimum of three on that advance, right up to a maximum of sorry, yeah, minimum of three up to maximum of eight on that advance, and then charging after, mm. right? So they have a crazy threat range. So at best, they're going what is it twenty one or is it twenty three? Uh, well, at best, it'd be fifteen. Uh, plus, yeah, twenty one. No, 14. 14? 3, 2, no, an 8. 13 plus 6, 19. They're moving 19 out. I'm pretty sure we and got that wrong can... too. But anyway, uh, tell us about okay, the Okay, okay. Like, no, no, I have to get this right. right because so it's 3 inches out. 3 inches out. 8 inches move, 11. that's 11. Plus uh, 2. Yep, so plus, plus up to 8, so that's 19. No, no, so plus 2 for the combat drug, that's 13. Yep, 13. Yep. Plus up to 8. 21. 21. Yep. Okay, 21. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we just had the extra two in there. So 21 inches, that's if you use the two inches combat drug. Yep. Up to 23 if you use Hypex on them. And they're on, no, no, you can't do that if they're in the transport earlier. Never yep. mind, scratch that. Anyway. 21, what, because 21's not enough. <laughs> right, plus a 12 inch charge. So if you really, really, really need to get all the way over there with the foot unit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wall of Traits called Hyper Swift Reflexes. It used to be a three-up invulnerable safe. They mm-hmm. changed it to a transhuman physiology. Yeah, it's just transhuman. But, but two hits, not two wounds. Whoa. Yeah, so That's any spicy. hit rolls of one 
two or three just fail, respective mm. of modifiers or anything. You just can't hit her on less on better than a four plus ever. Is that better or worse? Do you think than the wind roll? Um, it because it stops a lot of attacks from going through, and then they have to roll to wound on top of that. Mm. I I like it better. Yeah, because it gets the it, it diminishes the larger pool of dice. Correct. Yeah. Right. I, I personally like that. I think it, it could spike it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and all of a sudden, you know, I think that's amazing. Plus, then you can, on top of that, have the minus one to hit too, right? Which then turns fours into threes. But it's unmodified, isn't it? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Ah, well. Tell us that about used the blood to be an glaive. Old trick. Yeah. The blood glaive is really fun. It's a archite glaive plus two strength minus three, three damage weapon. Mm. So it's just a straight up three damage minus three AP strength five base with you know with the what's, succubus. What's not to like? I like that a lot. Uh, the archite glaive just as a profile did lost its minus one to hit, so that doesn't happen anymore. But there's some really cool warlord traits that you take with the blood glaive, like for example precision strikes or you know um, you know other things that can like get you to attack a lot. Yes, it is a solid close combat relic, and it has done work for me in the past. Hmm. And it used to be D three damage. Now it's just yeah, straight, straight three, three damage. And then a fantastic, fantastic um, stratagem, uh, which is athletic aerialists. So it's essentially the Harlequin fight and run away. Yeah. So for one command point, mm-hmm. an infantry unit that fought that's within six inches of a friendly transport. So they have to be um, all of the models. Every model has to be within six inches of a transport. If for one CP, they can embark in the transport instead of consolidating. I like this very, very, very much. It's very, very good. Very mm-hmm. like getting out of a raider, moving and advancing, advancing the raider up next to them. They attack, they charge, they fight, and then before your opponent gets to swing back at you, they're back in the raider. And before like it's, anybody it's before anybody says you can't disembark and embark in the same term, it specifically says they can embark in this transport as if it were the movement phase, even if it has disembarked this turn. So, Correct. So it's it, now there's some really cool stuff that you could do. Like for example, move up, disembark, disembark from a transport, move and advance into a unit that you want to try like whittle down or whatever, then move the transport up close, fight with them, get them into a transport that, say, charged a different unit, and yep. then have the transport pile in and consolidate further away Yes, <laughs> you yep. know, from where they were, yep. and all of a sudden they started, they end up almost where they were originally so you can like do like some crazy hit and run stuff. Amazing slingshots. Yeah, dude, this is, yeah. Red Grief is very good, man. Like, really, really good. Alright, yeah, well, dude, actually, just talking about Red Grief, man. Um, yeah, whatever. Like, okay, Harlequin, well, imagine this, right? You've got, you've got, wanna, you've got Harlequin, like, yeah, man. it's like Super Harlequins. Like, say yeah. you have a Master Succubus that's Red Grief. So now you've got two units that can jump in, fight, and, like, leave units, right? <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's cool. They're just turning up the jank. Um, all right, so their amalgamation of cults. We'll do as we did last time. I'll read out one, and if Scary wants to have an anecdote, he'll have one. Um, first one, this is the uh, Build Your Owns, guys. Of course, this has all-consuming as a couple of these as well. That'll be an exclusive trait you wish to take. First one is acrobatic display. This Each time a unit with this obsession consolidates or piles in, the models in that unit can move horizontally through other models and terrain features. Um, they cannot finish a move on top of another model or its base, etc. Uh, flip belts. Flip a belt. The, yeah, sure. Uh, so it's only consolidates in piles in. 
Um, still really good if you want to yeah. like try and like because a lot of people will try and like stop you from rapid trapping, mm. right? So you could still try and rapid trap yeah. just to like force people to try and use. And then on top of that, the you no know, retreat stuff probably one of the ones you will see the least. Uh, the art of pain when a unit with this obsession that has the power from pain ability is within engagement range of any enemy units, treat the current battle round number as being one higher when determining the effects of power from pain. Really no. cool. Charge yeah, somebody on bad. turn two, get into combat. All of a sudden, you're on turn three, so you get plus one to hit. Yep. So you can basically get plus one to hit on turn two onwards. Mm-hmm. And then on turn three, then you get the plus one save, which means that against like shooting like p- bolt pistols or whatever, then you at least have your five up and bolt triggered. So that, mm-hmm. one's, that one's not bad. I believe this is uh, Berserk Fuge, but I'm going to call it Berserk Fugu. <laughs> Um, Berserk Fugu. Fugu. <laughs> Fugu. <laughs> Each time a model with this obsession, uh, this sorry, this one is all-consuming. Each time a model with this obsession makes a melee attack. If that model's unit made a charge move or was charged or performed a heroic intervention, a modified hit roll of six caused one additional hit. Each time a model with this obsession would lose a wound as a result of a model wound. On a five plus, this wound is not lost. I like it. It's a pretty standard one. Yeah, pretty standard. Next one, Precise Killers. Each time a model with this obsession makes a melee attack, that attack benefits from the Blade Artist ability on a modified hero of 5 instead of 6. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, it's, it's okay. You know, if you have a Space Marine player that's the bane of your existence that doesn't have any Storm Shields, you know, go ahead. Like, <laughs> like. Uh, Yeah. Each time a model with this obsession finishes a charge move, you can select one enemy unit, excluding vehicle units, with an engagement range and roll 1dc, d6. On a 6, that enemy unit suffers more than mortal wound. That's kind of trash. Uh, stimulate in invaders. Once per battle in your command phase, you can declare that each unit with this obsession will use their exper- experimental concoctions. When you do so, roll 1d3 on the combat drugs table. Every unit with this obsession that has the combat drugs ability gains this additional ability, which is culminated with whatever they have until the end of the turn. So it's a once per game, you go super drug. You, you smash down your super drug and you go Jekyll and Hyde on everybody. Okay. You know, Sure. The fact that it's once per game, mm. meh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it. I don't think it's anything to write home about. Yeah. Me of either. course, if you're building like just a, if you're building like a triple patrol army with three different witch cults, right? Yep. Um. Now the good thing is the D three, right? D three is means that every single one of those rolls is going to be useful. You're either yes. getting plus one attack, plus one strength, or plus two inches to your move. Agreed. So it's not like you're you're gonna be rolling like leadership or you know or you're rolling plus one weapon skill which you're not going to need later in the game uh test of skills the next one each time model with this obsession makes a melee attack that targets a monster or vehicle add one to the attacks wound roll uh i don't mind it not as cool as it used to be it used mm. to be shooting or combat now it's just combat yeah fair. now although it's any monster or vehicle so you know it doesn't have like a wound cap as it used to however oh, i wish it still worked on shooting then it would yes. be like uh, amazing. amazing. You see it all the time, mm. right? But you know, sadly, it's not not the case. All right, next one: trophy takers. Each time a morale test is taken for an enemy unit that has any moles destroyed by a melee attack made by a unit with this obsession, roll one of the additional d6 and discard the lowest. There are some cute things you can do with that with grizzly trophies, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. The grizzly trophies minus two leadership, dark creed minus one leadership. You know, there's different ways to like force. We talked about it. You know, mm. force uh, attrition tests. So it works fantastically against some armies and against others. The thing is, if you're literally taking one of your obsession rules to this, like if it was like a relic or like an uh, an upgrade or something like that, then yes, but you're literally giving up a whole 
obsession trait yeah. for this. Yeah, agreed. But at least it's not one of the all-consuming ones, which is what this last one is. This is Agile Hunters. Each time a model with this obsession makes an attack that targets a unit that can fly, add one to the hit roll. If a unit with this obsession with the combat drugs ability has the Hypex ability, add four to that unit's move characteristics instead of three. Um, hmm. Sure. I'm trying to make sense you of it. Mean? It doesn't seem like, good enough. Uh, you know, this is put in there if you play against one of your friends that has a whole Samhan army. Yep. Right? And there seems to be a typo there because Hypex normally does is plus two to the move. Yeah. So it seems like it just doubles the that. Yeah. So, you know, is it worth giving up all my obsessions for this against something that's very, very specific? Like if you're playing a campaign and your your friend is like playing a campaign of only units that fly, <laughs> then sure. sure. You know, like absolutely. But normally, mm. no. <laughs> yep, agreed. All right, dude. That that is our witch cult. And we're gonna we're gonna knock the covens on their head as well, and then we'll probably wrap up this part and we'll we'll save everything else for next week. So the first one, Prophets of Flesh. They, they are good old prophets of flesh. Are we going to see a three-peat where the so the flagship of cabals is Cabal of the Black Heart? Flagship of cults, oh sorry, uh, of cults is the Cult of Strife. The flagship of covens is the Prophets of Flesh. Are we going to see a three-peat where this is the best one again? Um, uh, no. Okay. Okay. Well, awesome. No, we're not. Connoisseurs yeah, of pain. Right now. No. Connoisseurs yeah. of pain is their obsession. A study command phase: each character, grotesque or monster unit with this obsession regains one lost wound. So that's grotesques, Talos, and characters. Each time an attack is made against a unit with this obsession, unless that attack has a strength characteristic of eight or more and a modified rude roll of one or three, for this attack always fails, irrespective of abilities that weapons or model has. That's interesting. Many ca- trans human. Yeah, interesting caveat. Many trans human. Yeah. What? Assault cannons and Only transhuman cannons? against seven or less. Yeah. So like assault cannons, multi-lasers, auto-cannons, heavy bolters if the if the homunculus isn't nearby to give your racks toughness five anyway. Right? So but these, like it, it just These aren't the weapons that kill these things. Multi-melters, demolish cannons, battle cannons are the things that correct. kill these things. So, correct. Yeah. So so mm. it's it's cool, you know, okay, sure. It, it an unmodified wound roll of a one to three, like it helps against poison. Like if you're playing against funny. poison two plus yeah. and stuff, you know what I mean. So it's good against like other dark Eldar players. That's fair. You know, um, and say your racks a big unit racks twenty strong is not within a homunculus. It helps against all the 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 heavy flamers and heavy bolters mm-hmm. and stuff. You know what I mean? But it's definitely not transhuman physiology. No, it's not. Uh, it, it actually it annoys me how close it is to being it. And then they said, "Nah, we're not going to give it to you." No, uh, if they shoot you with an anti-tank weapon, you die. Okay, okay <laughs> yes. fair enough. <laughs> um, next one is the Waller trait diabolical soothsayer. When this Waller model is set up on the battlefield, choose one of the below. Until the end of the battle, add one to this Waller's toughness and wounds characteristics, or until the end of the battle, add one to this Waller's movement and attacks characteristic. Um, to encapsulate the rest of uh, Prophets of Flesh, the relic is the Vexator mask. It is still Pretty damn good. Enemy units cannot fight Overwatch the bearer. At the start of the fight phase, you can select one enemy unit within three of the bearer. That unit is not eligible to fight uh, this phase until all other eligible units from your army have done so. And then, yeah, they halved they halved the distance on that. Yeah. Right? still what it does, amazing. But it's like three inches now. It is, so it's yeah. not as like oppressive. Mm. And lastly, sins writ large is a one CP slash two CP stratagem. Use a stratagem at the start of the fight phase. Select one prophets of flesh infantry unit from your army that is within six of a friendly prophets of flesh homunculus unit. 
till the end of the phase. Each time an attack is made by a Prophet of Flesh infantry unit, you can re-roll the hit roll. Uh, it's 2 CP if it's a grotesque unit, 1 CP otherwise. So yeah, what do you think about Prophets of Flesh? Uh, so no more Black cor- uh, black Cornucopians. Yep. Uh, bring back a whole new Rax. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warlord trait Diabolical Suthia doesn't give you free CP anymore, which yes. is a bit of a shame. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, you're probably going to be taking plus one toughness, plus one wound, like every time. Every time. Which is literally one of the regular Hemonculus Coven Warlord traits, which Yikes, is the really? same thing. Yeah, so you don't like... In this one, you can pick when he kind of steps onto the battlefield, but I mean, it gives you an option. Three quarters of the However, time. Yeah. You're more than likely going to be giving him plus one wound, especially when he can heal one. And if mm. he's a master of Oculus, he can come back to life and then yeah. heal. Like, that's there's some cool sick. stuff you can do, which is really awesome. Um, uh, however, it's not like as, it's not as glaring as like, this is the one to take mm. anymore. Because the other ones, they actually are quite decent. They've well, got dude, some cool rules interactions. Tell us about Dark Raid then. This is by far my favorite coven right now. Dark Creed is awesome. Um, so units with this obsession have Distillers of Fear. It's, an, it's a six-inch aura where enemy units subtract minus one from their leadership characteristic and minus one from combat attrition tests. So just right off the bat, minus one leadership, minus one to combat mm-hmm. attrition. The minus one leadership, good every time, especially yep. in conjunction with some of the other stuff that we're going to see, like Tormentor Helms on the Incubi mm. and Phantasm Grenade Launchers. But the minus one to combat attrition test is uh, a little bit more situational. Great against like Necrons mm-hmm. and hordes of like demons and things like that, and lots of little guard units, but not against like Space Marines or Death Guard. You know? Um or even other Dark Eldar sometimes. Warlord trait. So this is the Ooga Booga Hemonculus. This oh, sorry. is where he sorry, lives. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You missed the second dot point of the obsession. Oh, shoot. Well, I got so excited about the Ooga Booga <laughs> Hemonculus. <laughs> um, <laughs> each time you make a melee attack for a unit with this obsession that targets a unit with a leadership characteristic that is equal to or lower than the attacking unit's leadership characteristic, that was a mouthful, add one to the hit roll. So you get plus one plus. to hit... As long as you're fighting stuff that have lower leadership than you. Right? All so, the, considering the, you have yeah. an aura of minus one leadership, mm-hmm. odds are you're going to get plus one to hit. I like it a lot. So, it's plus two to yeah. hit on turn four, yeah? Well, technically. Yeah, technically. Yeah. So, if you're going into stuff that is minus one to hit, like Plague Bearers mm-hmm. or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, it just offsets that. Yeah. Essentially, which is pretty cool. It also gives you the plus one to hit earlier in the game, like turn one, turn two. So if somebody gets really aggressive into your army, you can like like counter a little bit more effectively with some Dark Creed stuff. Okay, so Warlord Trait, Fear Incarnate. The Ooga Booga Hemonculus, because he literally walks up to units and goes, Ooga Booga Booga, <laughs> and then they stop working. So at the end of the movement phase, select one enemy unit with a nine and roll 3d6. Caveat, of course, minus one in leadership for within six inches. You can add grizzly trophies to this roll as well mm. for an extra minus two. So it's minus three normally. Uh, if you roll greater than the enemy's unit's leadership characteristic, then until the start of your next movement phase, you cannot perform an action with the unit. If they are currently performing an action, it fails and it loses objective secured. Wowie. It is amazing. This mm-hmm. this this warlord trait by itself. I was like, if I take a real space raid detachment and want like a regular coven, like Prophets of Flesh, great. But I would I will always be taking 
a homunculus mm. that is going to have this no matter what. This thing is awesome it in is. the current meta. Yeah. It's fantastic. Like, you want to stop your opponent from scoring scramblers? Make sure you ooga booga the, the <laughs> unit that is going to be moving into, like, you know, into mm. your zone end game. But you can't kill it, you can't tie it up, but you can, like, scare it. <laughs> can't start ability. Can't start actions. You're playing, you know, vital intelligence, and you know one of the, your opponent's enemy units is is siphoning power, right, in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Try get a re- like try move and advance that guy again within nine, and just shut down that secondary. Yeah, right, man. it's just it's so powerful. This thing will get you points. Mm, it's beautiful. Uh, is that Necron Warrior unit in the middle of the board stopping you from scoring? You know, uh, direct assault. Yeah, take away their obsec. And then run a little unit of Cabalites mm-hmm. to take it away from them. So it's, sick. Yeah, it's excellent. And then we have a Relic. Who was uh, keeping track of how many pistols we had? This is two. pistol number two. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Spirit Stink. Three shots, poison two plus 12 inches. You cannot take invulnerable saving throws against it, and it's AP minus three. Meh. The it's only one damage. Epitome <laughs> of meh. 12 inch range. Sure. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, if you have one Keeper of Secrets, that's been very <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and you wanted to do maybe, maybe, maybe two Correct. points to it. <laughs> and then we have the stratagem, an esoteric kill delivered from afar, which is a stratagem name I love. Me too. Um, you pick a Dark Creed core or Dark Creed character unit for your mommy to shoot with, and they can ignore the Lookout Sir role. Uh, the Lookout Sir rule, sorry, not role. Which is great, except you can't use it with like Reapers or um, Tantaluses anymore, which is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> uh, if you use a Talos unit, because Talos, Kronos, like their core as well, even Grotesques can use it. Um, if the Talos unit u- uses it, it's three command points because they yep. can be equipped with like heat lances yeah. and things like that. Um, otherwise, it costs two command points. I like this stratagem. I think it's useful, especially with things like Kronos, for example, which can really get some hurt done, especially if they're in combat or close to a character that's like screened by frontline infantry. Mm. Uh, so what's interesting here is that apart from the, the Talos and the Kronos, it's really only useful to what give Ossifactor's sniper because Hex Rifles already have it, don't they? Um, Hex Rifles already have the sniper rule, but I really like it for Kronos, because once they get mm. into combat, they can use this to shoot their blast guns oh, out of combat into true. a character, right? Which is it makes them useful in every phase, which is really cool. That's uh, that's crazy. That's that's absolutely crazy. Right? Yeah. And you know, another thing you can do is you can definitely use it to uh, on Talos, it's more expensive, but like six heat lances into a character like into a demon prince from a bunch of talos mm. right will kill that demon prince oh for sure <laughs> and it, it's, for three cp you're probably just going to do it aren't you there's going to be a game where you yeah. go oh, well i just need to do this i just need to kill you you know what i mean yeah. it, you know and and i think it's i think it works great i think it works really really nicely um it's not one that you're going to use all the time but it's nice to have in your back pocket just to make your opponent wish they would have brought those company <laughs> yeah indeed <laughs> or, um, or put them on the table instead of sending them around the side to get to get scramblers dude you're right dark creed right now is slapping me in the face with how good it is that and then freaking you combine it with trade. the ampule mm-hmm. right you combine yep. it with the ampule which is the master homunculus relic Right, so that water trait, yep. which is deny Overwatch, you can't do action. Mm. Oh, sorry, no actions, no obsec, and then the ampule, no, no auras, and you take mortal wounds, and then combine that with like 
you know, just hitting a unit really hard or, you know, all of a sudden that Ooga Booga Hermiculus <laughs> literally goes around being like, boo! <laughs> yeah, and then you kill him and then he stands back up again because he's a master Hermiculus and he the, does it again. And, and a meme is born. <laughs> all right. Um, next one we've got is the Coven of Twelve. So the obsession here is Butchers of Flesh. Each time a model with this obsession makes an attack with a melee weapon, excluding relics, improve the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. Each, if the this end, is really good. Let me finish. Half of a base AP one. I know. If a unit with this obsession is performing an action, it can still make attacks with ranged weapons without the action failing. Man, I like that a lot. It's good. However, racks don't really have like, you know. So if you do it on racks because they're mm. infantry. Like, they don't really have, like, a lot of ranged weapons, nah. you know? Yeah, the also factor, okay, a sniper rifle, which is not much better than it was, or liquid fire guns. But, you know, if you can do an action with, like, a unit of Talos, right, and still shoot with them, that's it's, good. But normally huge. you want to get the Talos stuck in stuck and in. charging is stuff. Is this the one where it affects so, Kronos yeah. the best again? Um, well, Kronos, you want them to charge too, because they can bring models back from the dead, Ooh, right? Yeah. Killing yeah. things. So you want them stuck in combat killing stuff. Hmm. Totally fair. Um, all right, Warlord trait. Scarlet Epicurean. Uh, each time an attack is allocated to this Warlord, subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack. That's cute. Um, the relic is Flensing Blade. Covenant 12 Homunculus model equipped with Homunculus tools only. Uh, melee, strength user, minus two AP, D3 damage. It's a poison weapon, two plus. Each time an attack is made with this weapon that targets a character. Uh, the attack has a damage characteristic of three. Uh, it's good. You're not going to take it, but it's good. Yeah, you know what? Like, there's so much. There's better stuff. There's so much better know? stuff. It's not yeah. a. It's not a pistol, though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Um, the stratagem, a most inventive demise. One CP. You do stratagem after a covens of twelve homunculus unit from your army consolidates. Select one enemy character model, excluding a vehicle or monster, that is in the engagement range of this homunculus unit, and roll a D six. On a two to five, that model suffers D three mortal wounds, and on a six, six, that model suffers D three plus three mortal wounds. It's cute. It's cute. Very situational. Very opportunistic. Um, like you know, if you've got a character that's got two wounds left. You probably go for it if they're within range, but I mean, there's a lot of terms and conditions to tick there before that even does anything. If the moons align, then we're all in the same orbit around the in sun. The, in the no. winter solstice of 1973, <laughs> on a leap year, um, yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. That's how I feel as well. This looks like the weakest to me. How do you feel? Uh, I yes, I would agree. I think it's it's good. Honestly, if you want to do like an army of, um just like killy stuff like it does give ap3 to the cleavers for the grotesques that's like it nice. gives mm. a, it gives better ap to like all the talus weapons racks have a base ap1 this gives them ap2 right and then on sixes to hit they'd be ap3 so like in terms of like ap you know like it helps them in combat so if you mm. want to do like large units of combat racks or that it works right however you know it I think I think the other ones are better, and especially yeah. Dark Creed. Like Dark Creed, just that Warlord trait alone is, is competitively speaking. Like the amount of times I've been like, I wish I could tell that Scarab unit to go <laughs> jump off a cliff because there's nine of them and I can't kill them, but I need that objective where I'm going to lose. lose. Exactly. You know, I wish I could just be like, no upset for you, and mm. you know what I mean, like. 
Yeah. All right. So jumping into the build your own covens. Once again, there's a bunch of uh, all-consuming ones here, and that's what this first one is. This is Artist of the Flesh. Each time an attack is allocated to a model with his obsession, subtract one from the damage characteristic of the ca of that attack to a minimum of one, excluding vehicle models. Uh, this is very good. This is very, very it is good. very very good. It doesn't work on vehicles though. However, because the insensible to pain, which is like the it used to be the Involsay, but now they get mm -hmm. the Involsay from Power from Pain, because they have a, a shrug wounds on a five up now. Yep. The fact that things go to minus one damage, you know, we saw how important, like how in, like how powerful that is on multi wound models Absolutely. with Death Guard. Yeah. As Absolutely. like a, as like an army wide special rule, mm. it just is not as oppressive because they don't really have good saves mm -hmm. right other than like talos right yeah um and they have they don't have as good invulnerable saves but then racks are only one wound right so against racks yeah okay it means that like those over, like but who's overcharging a plasma gun against a rack but that's what i mean, you know like what I mean? This, this is a this is a patrol you take you take your one or two homunculus one five man unit of racks tunes grotesque tunes of talos and then yeah, you're getting the absolute biggest bang for your buck. Correct. Like you don't get a cool stratagem, you don't get access to some of the other stuff. But we, you know, we talked about it before. The warlord traits for Coven, like Diabolical Soothsayer, is literally one of the warlord traits if you yes. really wanted that one. Yep. All right. Next one, Dark Harvest. Each time a unit with this obsession finishes a charge move, you can select one enemy unit, excluding vehicles, uh, within engagement range and roll a d6 on a four plus. Suffers one mortal wound. Meh. Moving on. Dark Technomancers. Used to be amazing, went to garbage. <laughs> yes. Dark Technomancers. This is an all-consuming as well. Each oh, yes, baby. baby. Tell me. Each time tell a unit me. with this obsession is selected to shoot, you can choose to embrace any or enhance any or all the ranged weapon models. Embrace. <laughs> I'm going to hug my gun. I'd like to give you a hug, please. Yes. That the units are equipped with. If you do until the end of the phase, each time an attack is made with an enhanced weapon, add one to the attack's wound roll and one to the damage characteristic of an attack. But the attack's hit roll cannot be re-rolled. If any unmodified hit rolls of one are made for attacks with an enhanced weapon, the bearer's unit suffers one mortal wound after shooting with that weapon. If the bearer is a vehicle or monster, it suffers D3 instead. Yikes. Damn, it is still so strong, but my god, is it really painful now. No, well, it's only per weapon. D3 mortals per weapon, right? Not per one to hit, right? Yep. So that's not bad. Yes, against... However, biggest thing here is liquefiers don't roll to hit. Yep. Ooh. Which nice. means... Yeah, no downside. Which means the, the age of the liquefier that strength <laughs> four plus one to wound and two damage is nigh. Is nigh. Right? Uh, dude, you three, can, dude so three... Three damage Venom Cannons seem pretty nice. Yeah, three three damage Splinter Cannons, right? Splinter Cannons, oh, splinter, three sorry. damage. Yeah. They, of course, the plus one to wound can't affect them because they, mm -hmm. they wound on an unmodified version unless yeah. they are shooting into a tank, in which case they are. You know, so it's kind of weird that way. Um, so that's good. Three damage is not bad. AP1 is not bad. But really, if you're going to take Dark Techno Monsters, you're going to take... Uh, disintegrated cannons on raiders. Oh yes, and you're going to take, and you're going to take liquefier guns mm. on like Talos, yeah, because they take twin liquefier guns on uh, on units of grotesques, on units of little rack units in venoms, and they're they, going to be flying around. Are they twelve inch now? Or are they still nine? Yes, they Oof. are, and yeah, they're baby. strength four now, mm. and they're AP just straight AP two, which is amazing. That's so, exciting. It is the age of the liquefier gun. Flame on. 
Um, all right. Experimental creations. Add one to the strengths characteristics of models with this obsession. Not bad for a half for a halfy um, to not be at all consuming. That's not the worst thing in the world. Hungry for flesh is the next. You can reroll charge rolls made for units with this obsession. So you could be plus one strength and reroll charges. Not bad. Yeah, not terrible. Um, Masters of Mutagens, each time model with this obsession makes a melee attack with a poisoned weapon, excluding relics, that targets that sorry, that targets a unit that is not a vehicle or titanic, and a modified hit roll of six automatically wounds. So that's uh, the, there's a primary strat for that. Um, Gene Rort might. That's pretty much the same thing. That's not crazy. That's not crap either. But it's not incredible, is it? It's not. Yeah. If I'm looking at this, as soon as you went over dark technomancers, I'm like, well, everything what's, else. What's, what else is? What else is in here? <laughs> that care. doesn't matter. Uh, Master torturers. <laughs> each time you know, with this obsession is selected for torturers craft stratagem, reduce the command points of that cost of that by one. What would that one be? If you know off the top of your head, I believe it's a reroll a wound rolls. Nice. Uh, obsessive collectors. Each time an enemy unit is destroyed by a melee attack uh, made by a unit with this obsession, a model that in that attacking unit can regain D3 lost wounds. Each model can only be healed once per turn. If the attacking unit is a rack unit, D3 destroyed models can be added back to the unit. These models can only be set up with engagement range if stuff they're in engagement range, blah, 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 blah. Um, they no longer count as having been destroyed for the purposes of morale. That can be cute if you've got a homunculus that's resing D3 a turn. Uh, you, yeah. But that's about it. You like, have that, to make sure they kill something. Yeah. Right? That's like a so. rack carpet build. Like, you know, nothing yeah, yeah, but yeah. racks as far as the eye can see. Yeah, uh, that's true. Enhanced sensory organs. Each time model with this obsession makes an attack and the target does not save their benefits of light cover or heavy cover to, against that attack. That's pretty strong. Yeah. If that's yeah, that's quite strong. It's not bad, you know. Hmm. Sure. Um, how many liquefiers <laughs> would it take? Now? Uh, Sky cannot move fast. And the last one, <laughs> Splinter Blades. Each time model with this obsession makes an attack with a melee weapon and a modified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. So yeah, you're literally like, if you're just taking all the fleshy, fleshy boys, artists of flesh, if you're taking all the Daka Daka dudes, Dark Technomancers, yeah? The other ones almost don't even make yeah, a splash. Yeah, like Dark Technomancer is still amazing. There's mm. really good builds. Uh, Prophets of Flesh is still really good. You know, they having access to Uri and Rakarth, if you yes. were like a super, super tough character that's basically like a Master Homunculus. Um, you're still going to be taking your Hemoxites, like the 10 racks, I believe, mm-hmm. right? So kind of make that build in there, like including that one unit of 10 racks right yep. like what do you want that one unit of 10 racks to do and then depending on the flavor that you need like dark techno monsters makes your shooting better mm-hmm. but it makes liquid fire guns really good um and disintegrated cannons actually usable and then you have you know something like dark creed which is more of a toolkit right with the ooga booga yeah. <laughs> uh, which honestly i feel in like because you don't have to do, like, if you're doing a triple patrol, you could do one patrol of Witch Cult if you just want Bouncy Hemoculus, I mean, Bouncy Succubus, and then you want the Ooga Booga guy, and then you could take, like, a Dark Tectomancer patrol to just have a bunch of, like, guns, right? So you could mix and match that way, It's and that's what I love about this. There's so much, you know, variety. Pick and choose what you want, and... Even though the list building can be rather complicated when building a Dark Elder army list, mm-hmm. the, the the end result is if you find something that suits your playlist or your play style, and, or that suits your local meta, or that suits your regional meta, yep. and there's just a tool for that in this. Like I, fi- I feel like it's easy to find a tool yeah. against something that you're fighting, which I think is really cool. 
Mm, agree, man. So on that note, we will wrap up this part one of our of episode thirty five, but also this first half of our Dark Elder review. Man, we talked for this. We almost got two hours into this, and we haven't even touched the strats. We got strats, wall of traits, relics, and then the most changed and most improved or most weakened data sheets to touch on next week. So, Ascari, anything you'd like to plug or say before we wrap up today? Ah, the Dark Kin, indeed. Make sure you head on over to a Patreon and. Listen to episode two of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got like, what, 15, 16 listener questions and topics to talk about there. We're literally I'm just going to be servicing the Patreon group, talking about the things they want us to talk about, answering the questions they want us to talk about as well. And, you know, jumping ahead in the book if they, they've asked us to. Uh, part two of next week's uh, podcast will be hot takes by some uh, Dark Eldar luminaries out there. I've got Sean Naden, JT McDowell, Simon Gojkovic, former Australian ETC captain, and also the Scarred One Scary himself doing about uh, somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes of hot takes from their stuff. You know, what are they most excited about? What are they going to be building first? What archetypes do they think are strong or right now and where do they see Dark Eldar sitting in the future so you can look forward to all that coming next week guys please jump over to Patreon and support us if you so please or go to theartofwar40k.com and jump involved get involved with any of the amazing Art of War services that they offer uh, yeah see you on next one Scary. we'll go over and record part 2 now take care good night and Scary, say good night good night thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.